0: CC Brandon.
1: Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app.
0: Following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. I
1: want you to think about this for a moment. What an incredible blessing this really is. Here's Isaac who has is no land of his own. He's a sojourner. He's a pilgrim. He's an alien. And he's telling Jacob that nations will bow down to you, bow down to your descendants. Peoples will serve your children. Blessings will be upon those who bless you and your people and cursings upon those who curse you and your people. That's faith when you don't even have a plot of land. Your, your son doesn't even have a wife and you've got him having a whole nation and people bowing down to him now that's faith and that is exactly the way God wants us to look at the future
2: hello and welcome to verse-by-verse how do you look at the future is it with a sense of dread are you anxious about the future often wondering what will happen and fearing that it will be bad or do you have a sense of confident expectation that God is looking out for you because you've put all your trust in him I'm not talking about a name-it-claim-it theology, but a biblical and realistic understanding that even though we're all going to go through some tough times, God has everything completely under control. As David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. We are glad you could join us for class today. We like to think of verse-by-verse as a radio Bible class or a Bible class of the air. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been teaching there since 1981. While he continues in that capacity, Verse-by-Verse Ministries is making his practical, expository teaching available every weekday morning on this radio station. Today we find ourselves in the middle part of Pastor Steve's fifth message on the heroes of the faith, and our main text is Hebrews chapter 11. We've been in this study for over two weeks now. It's amazing how much we can learn from this one chapter and the other passages, especially in Genesis, that provide background for this great chapter. In our last class, Pastor Steve was dealing with a passage in Genesis that isn't exactly about faith. It's more about scheming and trickery. It's about failing to trust God to fulfill His promise and taking matters into our own hands. And amazingly enough, we find one of these rascals listed among the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. If you have your Bible ready, turn to Genesis 25 to follow along. And as Pastor Steve teaches, we will be able to see toward the end of class, and especially in our next class, how God changed a faithless scoundrel into a giant of the faith now here is Pastor Steve.
1: Let's look at Genesis 25. And I'll show you this. Genesis 25, verse 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire the Lord. She wants to know what's going on inside of me here. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two people shall be separated from your body. In other words, you're going to have twins, what, what he's saying. The one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, that was contrary to ancient custom. But in spite of the divine pronouncement, and you have to know that, that, uh, that Isaac knew about this. That's without question. Isaac, though, was still determined to give Esau his blessing, not Jacob. You say, why? Why would this guy do this? Well, as incredible as it seems, look at verse 27. Not seems, as incredible as it is. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man, living in tents. Now, Isaac loved Esau. Why? Because he had a taste for game. That's it. But Rebecca. Loved Jacob. Why was Esau Isaac's favorite son? Because Isaac liked food. That's why. And Esau provided him with good meals. He was a hunter. Talk about favoritism. The Smother, smother's brothers never invented it. You know, that mom liked you best. This goes back to the to the, the very beginning and the sin. Man's heart. Imagine liking a child more because can give you your favorite dish. How carnal, carnal. So when it came time for Isaac to pronounce his blessing, which really, as I said, was the continuation of God's promises to Abraham, he told Esau, go hunt some food for me and make a good meal. This will be my last meal. I'm going to bless you, Esau, and then I'm going to die. But while Esau was out hunting, as you know, Rebecca came up with a, with a lying scheme a lying scheme to dress Jacob up like Esau and deceive her husband into giving Jacob the blessing, thinking he was Esau. Remember, he was dim in his sight, and he could not see. Now, we read this story, and you've got to wonder, how could Isaac have blessed Jacob in faith? Come on. Faith? How could this be faith at all? The man was rebellious. The whole family acted shamefully. Isaac stubbornly refused to submit to God's choice of blessing. That was Jacob. I mean, he's not just fooling around with his inheritance. He's fooling around with the whole Abrahamic covenant now. It's pretty serious. Rebekah and Jacob tried to secure the blessing by deception rather than just trusting God to accomplish what he said he would accomplish. And you know what? Had they never resorted to this, God would have given Jacob the blessing. That was his sovereign plan. I don't know how he would have done it. Maybe maybe Esau would have dropped dead in the field of a heart attack. I don't know. But God would have made sure that Jacob had received the blessing without scheming. And Esau, we didn't even read the story about this, but Esau sold his birthright as the oldest son to Jacob for what? Food. Guess where he got that from? Great role model of his father. So with all of this disobedience and trickery going on, how did Isaac ever evidence faith? Notice back in Genesis 27, verse 30. It says, now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Jacob had gone out and so forth. Let's just skip over to uh, uh, Esau comes in. And verse 32, Isaac, his father, said to him, who are you? And he said, I'm your son, your firstborn. Esau, the one you told me, in essence, the one you told me you're going to bless. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, who was he then that hunted game and brought it? He knew very well what had happened because he went on to say, your brother deceived me, but the blessing still stands. And then he blessed Esau. Isaac trembled because he realized he had been deceived, but he did not take back the blessing. He said, the blessing that that I conferred upon Jacob, it still stands. In, In fact, he even confirmed it. And in the end, in chapter 28, he, he affirms it even more, and he knows exactly what he's doing now. Look at verse uh, chapter 28, verse 1. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and from there take to yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban. Your mother's brother. And may, and watch this, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May He give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your descendants with you that you may possess the land of your sojournings which God gave to Abraham. Now, He's, He absolutely knows exactly what He's doing here. And He's finally submitted to God's will and recognized that the blessing always had rightfully belonged to Jacob. Now, Quite frankly, and here's the only way to interpret this, and this is the proper way to interpret this, that the writer to the Hebrews isn't interested in the details of this sordid story. Uh, He's interested in one thing. He's not concerned at this point about the trickery, about the deception, about the rebellion. He's interested in in one point, and that's this. In spite of the deception and the rebellions in this incident, one thing is clear. Isaac blessed both his sons believing in the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham. That's it. That's the point. Even though his heart wasn't right, he still believed that God would fulfill his word after he died. And that's the whole point. Isaac blessed Jacob in faith because he knew that God would fulfill his word in the future. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. What an incredible blessing this really is. Here's Isaac, who is no land of his own. He's a sojourner. He's a pilgrim. He's an alien. And he's telling Jacob that nations will bow down to you, bow down to your descendants. Peoples will serve your children. Blessings will be upon those who bless you and your people and cursings upon those who curse you and your people. That's faith when you don't even have a plot of land. Your, your son doesn't even have a wife and you've got him having a whole nation and people bowing down to him. Now, that's faith, and that is exactly the way God wants us to look at the future. You may not have much here, and many don't. You may be despised. You may suffer now. You may have pain. You may have tears. You may be looked down upon. You may be a child of God who has suffered greatly and has absolutely uh, nothing in comparison to many others. And you may have all kinds of difficulties and troubles, but by faith you lay hold of the wonderful future that God has for you and revealed in the Word of God.
2: It's all about where you place your focus, isn't it? There's a song that has the statement, I read the back of the book and we win. If you go to the back of the Bible, you'll get a very encouraging hint at a glorious future that God has in store for those who have trusted in Him for salvation. As a matter of fact, Pastor Steve is going to take us there right after this short pause to introduce ourselves to those of you who have just tuned in. We're glad to have you here with us today for another verse-by-verse Bible class of the air. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is our teacher, and he'll be reading from Revelation chapter 21 when he comes back. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 25 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You can hear his clear expository preaching right here on the radio or on our website, which I'll tell you about at the end of the class. If you missed the start of class or want to tell a friend where to hear this program any time of day, the website will be just the ticket for you. We've been studying the heroes of the faith for the past couple of weeks. Today we're in the middle portion of Pastor Steve's message, focusing on the faith exemplified by Isaac and by Jacob. Now, let's return to class and have a look at some of the things God has in store for the believer. Some things that should give us a great anticipation for the future, even as we pass through difficulties right now.
1: I like your term from, from all the way from Genesis to the end of the Bible, Revelation. From the first book to Revelation chapter 21, the last book and almost the last chapter. You know what your future is? God speaks about a new heavens and a new earth. And and a city called the New Jerusalem, which Christ has prepared for his own people. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come and I'm going to take you to that place. You want to know a little bit about that place? We won't take the time to go through the whole chapter. But chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. She's like a she's like a bridal city because the bride is going to be there, the church. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. And watch this, he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes shall inherit. And overcomer simply means those who believe. Will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And then it goes on, this chapter goes on to say what a gorgeous city this is. We've never seen a city like this and in the in the language that the best language that John could use he spoke of of an emerald city and and city like uh, uh, with streets like like gold uh notice verse 21 and the 12 gates were 12 pearls each one that's where we get the term pearly gates and each gate was a single pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass we've never seen that and i saw no temple in it Imagine that. There'll be no temple in it. Why? For the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. You don't, need, you don't need a symbolic sense of God's presence in the eternal state. God is there. God the Father, Christ, is there. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon. He didn't say that the sun or the moon won't be there. It just has no need of it to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nation shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, there shall be no night there. Its gates shall never be closed, and they shall uh, bring the glory and the honor of the nations to it, and nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We read that and we say, that seems so incredible. That seems so beyond reality beyond anything that we can even imagine because it's not our present experience no one has ever experienced anything like this no one in this room has ever experienced anything like this but here's the point just like isaac we are to believe god for the future even when those future promises don't fit our present experiences this is faith Faith is to see the future fulfillments of God's word when nothing in your present experience gives you any encouragement for their fulfillment. That's faith. That's faith. When your experience dictates one thing and God's word says another thing, you lay hold of God's word and you believe it and you focus on that and you dwell on that. You don't dwell on 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 the other things, you dwell on that. Actually, this is just what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says to start out with. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. We don't see these things. You we say, well, how do you know that it's going to be it's going to come to pass? Because the Word of God said it. What this is all about is trusting the Word of God, the bare naked Word of God, with no other assurance but that God said it. I'd like you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for a moment. 2 Corinthians, if you can't find it, don't worry about it. Let me just read it to you. 2 Corinthians 4, this is how Paul lived. Uh, Paul's ministry was hard. Paul was persecuted. Paul... Uh, many times had to defend his ministry. Paul Paul really did not have an easy life as a Christian. But he wrote this in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We who uh, suffer, as Paul said he suffered in ministry, we don't lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, oh, we're getting older, he's saying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. God is doing a work in us that's far greater than what we can see on the outside. That's what he's saying. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Watch this. For the things which are seen are temporal. That is to say they pass away. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That's a great statement. That's a great statement. This is why our minds need to meditate on spiritual realities that you don't see, but the Bible teaches, not on our physical surroundings and possessions. It's not to say that you go through life blinds and you're not aware of things, but you don't dwell on that stuff. You don't meditate on that. That's not what's real. In fact, spiritual realities are true realities, the physical Really is not because they're going to pass away someday. They're just you can touch them now, you can feel them, but they're they're not really the eternal realities. The things that are real and lasting are things that we can see—spiritual realities. What God's word says, but what we see, those things won't last. That's why Paul wrote in Colossians chapter three: If you know Jesus Christ and you are risen with Him, then dwell on the things that are above. Don't dwell on the things of this earth. You need to ask God, we all need to ask God, to make spiritual realities more vivid to you than ever before and to, and, and asking him to help us to think more often about those things, not the things of this world. So I think that uh, we can learn from Isaac that he believed God's word as he looked beyond death to their fulfillment, even though someone would have looked at him and said, You're out of your minds. Man, you've got a tent. That's it. And you're talking about blessings and peoples and nations. And you got two sons and they're not even married. And you've got them being whole nations. But he believed God's word. Took him a while to come to that point. But he believed God's word. He believed it. Now let's look at the faith of Jacob. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff, top of his cane. Now, the background of this verse is also found in Genesis, but it's Genesis 47. And we just, we have to cover this, um, the, read these lengthy portions of scripture because if you don't get this, you're not going to understand what the writer to the Hebrews is saying. This is the background. And so uh, it, it's possible that we're going to have to uh, pick up Joseph next week and carry on with that because we don't want to skip over this. We don't want to cut corners. Genesis 47, verse 28. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. That is to say, he lived in Canaan for most of his life, but for 17, he came down to Egypt. When the time for Israel, and now Israel, uh, he's using, the writer's using Israel's name as just a synonym for Jacob. So if you see that, don't don't let that bother you. When the time for Israel to die drew near, he called his son Joseph and said to him, please, if I have found favor in your sight, please Uh, Place now your hands under my thigh and deal with me in kindness and faithfulness. Please do not bury me in Egypt. That is, he's saying swear. That was an ancient custom. Put your hand under my thigh. And when I lie down with my fathers, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. That is the land of Canaan. And he said, I will do as you have said. And he said, swear to me. So he swore to him. Then Israel bowed and worshipped at the head of his Now we go into chapter 48. Now it came about after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. When it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you. Israel collected his strength and sat up in his bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And we won't go back into the background, but if you were to go back into Genesis, you'd see that God appeared to Jacob and reaffirmed the Abrahamic covenant. He said, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous. I'll make you a company of peoples and will give you this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. And so he's just reaffirming the Abrahamic covenant goes from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob.
2: With that hint of the transformation that was about to be revealed in the heart of Jacob, I hope you'll be back for our next class. Jacob was quite a schemer. He tricked his brother out of his inheritance and often showed a lack of faith. But as we're about to find out, God did something amazing. We will see how Jacob, or Israel as he was renamed, finished his life. It's quite a contrast. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside for over 25 years. By the way, Lakeside operates one of the finest Christian schools in the area, offering classes for grades K-5 through 12. If you would like to know more, visit their website, lakesidechristianschool.org. The staff at Lakeside is devoted to providing high-quality education that fully prepares students for life. The web address again is lakesidechristianschool.org. This program is made possible by the grace of God and the efforts of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their local church. To learn more about verse-by-verse ministries or to listen to today's class again, direct your web browser to versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download today's broadcast. Or you can head on over to the archives page to take advantage of the previous programs that are available there. We also offer a free podcasting service if you want to make sure you don't miss any future classes. Once again, that web address is versebyverseradio.org. While you're there, we would like to invite you to sign up for our complimentary newsletter. We hope to see you here for class again next time for the conclusion of Pastor Steve's fifth message about the heroes of the faith from Hebrews chapter 11. We will learn about the faith Jacob demonstrated when he gave a wonderful blessing to his grandsons. As you might have noticed, we'll be covering Joseph before too long. He is a wonderful story, and it wasn't a life I would like to have experienced myself. Anytime I think I've had a hard time, Joseph is one of the people I can look to to be reminded that while life isn't always fair, it was really unfair for Joseph. Yet he kept on trusting God, but that's for a later program. First, let us let Pastor Steve finish this lesson on Jacob in our next class. When we see how God worked in Jacob's heart, It should give us a lot of hope for ourselves. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence
0: Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn